0: Everyone, welcome to our podcast, Strong Mind, Strong Body. I'm Angie Miller, and today we are going to talk about something. But before I even tell you, I have a question for you. If this is one of my favorite questions to ask people, so are you sugar or are you salt? So, in other words, is it the bag of chips that you can't put down, or is it the candy bar that you can't put down? So, I've always been the sugar girl. It's always sugar, sugar, sugar. I can't get enough of it. But the chips crackers, pretty much not really my temptation. You could put a big old bag of chips or Doritos in front of me and I'm like, yep, not. But if you put a big bag of chocolate in front of me you're probably going to have to hide it. So again, I'm Angie Miller. This is Strong Mind, Strong Body. I'm glad you joined me because today we are going to talk about how to cut back on sugar and sodium. And because I am not the expert on this, I brought on a good friend of mine. Her name is Farah Khan. And Farah is a CDN and an RDN. And I love bringing her on for all things nutrition because she always has all the answers. So Farah, can you come in and introduce yourself?
1: Hi, Angie. Thanks so much for having me on again. It's always awesome. Being on here, love talking about nutrition. Um, yes, I am a registered dietitian nutritionist in New York City, and I'm a certified dietitian nutritionist in New York State. Um, have been a dietitian for I want to say over eight years now. Definitely worked in a variety of different settings. Have done some work in a hospital, nursing homes, corporate setting. Um, And then now I work one-on-one with individuals and help them meet their goals, whatever they may be. And then I also teach nutrition at a couple of colleges in New York. So definitely a, a lot of
0: different things, but I love it. So I'm here for it all. You're busy. You are busy. I bet the teaching part is fun though, because I know that when I talk university students, that's when you really go full immersion into content and you keep yourself always on the cutting edge i like that about education so so fara you know i feel like sugar and sodium they may not be the root of all evil but there's definitely a lot of controversy and a lot a lot a lot of confusion surrounding them so when it comes to consumption i feel like it helps to understand some of the simple facts about both of these and so that's what i kind of want to deep dive into and those who read descriptions and they're like okay what's this going to be about I just really want to talk about how to help people People curb the cravings and you know simple strategies to cut back if they need to and also though why why do sugar and sodium actually deserve a place in your diet mm-hmm. so let's start with this Um, let's start with this this is drum roll please yeah. <laughs> is sugar? Addictive, and uh, I, I have to tell you before you go there, real quick. I don't know if you remember, there was a book called "Potatoes or Prozac." Mm, like, uh, yeah, I I remember the title, but I yeah, don't. Well. Couple decades ago, mm-hmm. and one of the first things she talked about was how extremely addictive sugar is, and I was like, sign me up because it. I for me, it definitely is. Give me a taste, and I need a bag. So, yeah. tell me about. Sugar being addictive. Okay, <laughs> great, great question.
1: It's a, such a loaded question because I think, you know, this is, a lot of people ask this question, say like, "Oh, is sugar addictive?" or "Why am I so hooked on sugar?" or "I am addicted to sugar. I can't seem to stop once I get my hands on it." In reality, you know, sugar is not addictive. Compared when you compare it to other sort of narcotics or other addictive uh, substances that actually do have a legit. Um, history of addiction. So sugar is not addictive along those lines. There various theories as to why people may feel that they're addicted to sugar, okay, or why they can't seem to curb it. A lot of it, though, has to do with, A, exposure to sugar, okay, in habits, okay, that we may have become accustomed to having various types of sugar, and we can definitely go into, you know, a little bit more detail about types of sugar and what are we specifically talking about. But the the bottom line to your question is, you know, is sugar addictive not like your other narcotics and drugs that, that, that have a proven history of it. It's more the exposure to it, repeated exposure to it, and an environment that seems to promote the availability of it that tends to create this habit where people may become accustomed to including sugar in their diet certain types of sugar in their diet on a regular basis. And that habit becomes difficult to break.
0: Hmm. Okay. I like that idea because, um, I, I will have to say that exposure and I would also say availability. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, some of the different types of sugars that I used to eat, I I cringe now. Okay. And, and I, I don't know that I want to out myself completely, but I'll, I'll just say that my list. Okay. And, um, but now i don't expose myself to it and and i don't i just don't have it once in a while my husband will come home with like a box of little debbie and i'm not throwing little debbie under the bus here but i'm like not even craving it anymore right because i took it out it's no longer a habit i'm not i don't keep it in my repertoire if you will so i will say that once i start cutting back it no longer is a temptation for me. So that that makes sense to me. Um, and so I hear you say not as addictive as obviously opioids and alcohol and stuff like that. So then my next question is, should we be avoiding it? Should we avoid sugar? Great Let's Start with sugar. Right. Yeah,
1: no, I, I think we can definitely start with sugar and then sodium. Um, another great question. I, you know, I think you nailed it when you said sugar is not, sugar and sodium are not the root of all evil. They're really not. Okay. Sugar it is carbohydrate. Okay. It is a form of carbohydrate. We have simple sugars. We have complex carbohydrates, which you know include your rice, potatoes, pasta. But at the end of the day, all carbohydrates are broken down into glucose in our body and glucose being sugar. That It's one of the forms of simplest sugars that our body thrives on. So should we be avoiding sugar I would say no, okay? But it, it's such a loaded question that I, I feel like you can't answer with a yes, no answer. Um, the, the devil is always in the details, okay? And so I would say that if you to answer that question, you'd have to take a look at, well, what is, what is the context that we're talking about? Um, we have added sugars and we have natural sugars in food. We'll definitely talk a little bit more about that, Angie. Um, but most
0: times when we're talking about cutting back on sugar, it's cutting back on added sugars. Okay. The okay. Added sugar. So, cause like, if I hear you right, you're basically saying, right. Cause the devil is in the details and you can't just give it a broad strokes category because yeah. there is so much sugar in so many things. And it's not, you know, some of it is the natural sugar. So if somebody was going to say, should I cut back? Well, maybe in simplicity form, you could say, well, maybe cut back on candy bars and ding dongs and, um, you know, a box of cookies, but not necessarily Yeah, you know, Would that be fair? Yes, 100%.
1: So I would say that, yes, you know, if you're talking about cutting back on sugar, we're assuming it's going to be the added sugar from a lot of extra foods that you may be adding to your diet outside of, like, your vegetables, your fruit, because those have sugar, natural sugar in them, you know, straight off the bat. So we're not talking about cutting those out. When you look beyond, you know, just the word sugar and say, all right, should I be cutting back on it? In what context? Okay, A, do you as an individual feel that, you're eating a lot of added sugar in place instead of other nutritious foods in your diet. Okay. So that's going to be a big question to ask is, do you feel that it's displacing other nutritional foods in your diet? And if so, then yes, we should be cutting back on it in incorporating more whole foods in our diet. So there's always going to be a comparison to say, well, what Where's this desire coming from? Okay. Is this a no, or, You know, is this something that you're noticing about your diet that you are eating a lot of added sugar or consuming a lot of added sugar and that there is, and it's displacing other nutritious foods in your diet? Then, yes, there is, for health reasons, you know, it, it's important to cut back on it.
0: Right. And some of the things, because Farah, you and I work together, I worked with you as a client and I had you help me. And some of it too, is the, uh, is the, Hey, the questions like, well, Angie is sugar. Does it make you tired? Does it make you edgy? Are you using it as something to try to give you a quick pickup because it's going to do the opposite. So it makes a lot of sense to go back to that. Why, why do you feel like you should cut back on sugar and what types of sugar are you eating and how is it making you feel? And, and I think that those are all Really important questions are not just questions that you ask in therapy. They're questions that you ask when it comes to food, right? Because food plays a huge part in how we feel. It does, you know. And, and again, you know, when people say, oh,
1: "I want to cut back on sugar," there may be other reasons behind why they may be reaching for sugar. Okay, so that begs the question: Is are you treating high sugar foods as a, a sort of a stress relief? Okay, then there's a the deeper issue in. All right, we need to practice stress management and learn other ways in which to reduce your stress without reaching for you know sugary things to to combat it. I think, you know, why one of the reasons or one of the questions that, you know, I think you posed at the beginning was, well, why has sugar become so demonized? In I'm gonna revisit that and say, one, it's in a lot of extra foods. Okay, it's in a lot of the processed foods that we have exposure to. Two, it is a denser, particularly added sugar, it is an easily consumed nutrient that can easily lead to overconsumption which can then lead to weight gain uh in the long term okay and and that may be one of the reasons why a lot of people feel that they should cut back on sugar because it can be easily overconsumed okay um I mean, an example might be, for example, a brownie. I'm not picking on brownies, okay? They're chocolate, they're delicious, but you can easily overeat on brownies, whereas you're not really going to overeat on apples. Like how many apples can you eat in one sitting before feeling like, ugh, I don't want any more? So, you know, added sugar can
0: easily be overconsumed, which could potentially lead to weight gain. Right. Um, well, and, and it's because added sugar doesn't ever give you a sense that you've had enough you know, to your point, I can only eat so much broccoli and then my stomach's going to start giving me some feedback, but added sugar doesn't really give you that feedback. In fact, to me, it gives me the opposite feedback. Please give me more. Mm -hmm. So far, before we go any further, I just want to kind of reintroduce you. So I'm Angie Miller. This is Strong Mind, Strong Body, and I'm talking to Farah Khan and she is a CDN and an RDN. And um, we're talking about sodium and sugar and should we cut back and if so why and how much so let's go back to sugar because you're right sugar has a bad reputation and yet it has such an oh so good reputation and um so if you if if someone were to try to quote cut back on sugar you're going to tell them to start with the added sugars what what would you say next how would you guide them
1: You know, I would really say, let's take a look at your diet and really see if you're having an excessive quantity to the point where it's crowding out other foods in your diet. Or you have a health issue or a health condition where a lot of excess added sugar is increasing, you know, your overall sugar intake and potentially contributing to health issues. For example, if someone who's pre-diabetic or has an elevated A1C, We may, you know, find that if you're eating a lot of added sugar in your diet, it may help to cut back on some of that so that we're not, you know, aggravating this elevation in blood sugar levels. So I think an assessment of how much you're eating can, A, give an individual a better idea of am I eating a lot of it, okay, and is this something that's potentially contributing to health issues, or is this something that maybe I feel like I should be avoiding completely and I don't need to feel that way, that I can include some added sugar, the odd piece of chocolate, the odd piece of cake um, or candy in a healthy way, provided that it's not crowding out other nutrients in my diet. And I do have an overall healthy, well-balanced diet.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think that it's the not demonizing it too, because even, you know, when you and I talk a lot of times, the whole concept is, are you going to have a piece of birthday cake once a year on your birthday? Maybe if you love it, sure. And so it's, there's just a certain, um, not demonizing it, but being able to add it in in a healthy way is, you know, is there a place you kind of mentioned about one of the positive things of sugar and how you find natural sugars in a lot of foods. Can you maybe deep dive into that a little bit more and give us more examples of like where we're going to find natural sugars and why that's okay. Okay, great.
1: Yeah. So natural sugars are going to be in things that are naturally sweet to some extent. So think of your fruit. Okay. Think of, um, sweeter vegetables. Okay. Like your sweet potatoes, your corn, even carrots. Um, think of dairy. Okay. So dairy, milk, yogurt, they have natural sugar in them, which is lactose. Um, those kind of sugars are just, you know, part of the food. I'm trying not to use the word natural too much, but they are part of the food. It's how, you know, it's the natural form of the food. It is an extra sugar that we've added in. So those foods have a lot of health benefits, okay? Your fruit has vitamins, minerals, fiber in them, and fiber is definitely great for our gut, it slows down digestion. So those foods have a lot of, you know, nutritive benefits, which we should be including in our diet. On the flip side, you know, something like a piece of candy, Again, we're not demonizing candy, but it is a concentrated form of sugar that is usually devoid of any other nutrients that would provide a health benefit, okay? So it's not really contributing a lot of, you know, vitamins or minerals to your diet or fiber to your diet, which makes it, you know, a good nutrient to keep in. Um, so there is that big difference between added sugars and natural sugars as well.
0: Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that I like too how you're saying not everybody has to cut back, right? So not everybody eats a lot of added sugar, not everybody. And sometimes maybe people don't recognize maybe they aren't consuming as much as they think they are, or maybe they're consuming more than they think they are. But let's go into sodium, unless there's something else you want to tag off of on sugar. I do want to go into sodium, because I feel like sodium is a big one. Um, It's a big one for those with heart disease. It's a big one for those with high blood pressure. It's, um, it's hard to find things that don't have a lot of sodium. Actually, sodium is my biggest gripe when I go out to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like I can't just get like a nice piece of fish without feeling like I'm eating a bottle of salt. And so I'm just, you know, let's start with sodium. Um, let's, you know, I guess the first question is, is, is sodium addictive? <laughs> Um, All right. No, great. So I will add something about sugar, but I can flip back to
1: that um, if you like. With sodium, I'd say no. Sodium is not necessarily addictive. Okay, It really isn't. It's really a question of taste. Okay, We do become accustomed, and we do this to some extent with sugar as well, is that you do become accustomed to the taste of salty stuff or the taste of sweet stuff. So over time, there may be a tendency to become a little bit desensitized to something that's sweet or something that's salty and then want more to sort of actually taste it or to sense a taste, a a change in the taste. An example of this is, you know, let's say someone's, and I'll use the example of both sodium and sugar in this case, if someone who's sweetening their coffee, let's say, or um, adding salt to a meal, over time, they may become used to the taste of it and feel that, you know, they want to keep adding more to sort of mm-hmm. sense it. Um, that may be where, you know, individuals run into a little bit of danger because now they're just adding more and more because, you know, they've gotten used to the taste of something that's sweet or salty and they're finding that they need more of it to give it flavor or to give it the flavor that they want. But in, and it, you know, in the sense of, again, comparing it to op- opioids or narcotics,
0: no, sodium is not addictive at all, neither is sugar. Okay. Well, and that makes a lot of sense. It actually does. And I think that why I am so sensitive to sodium in, when I go out to eat is because I don't salt anything. Mm-hmm. And so when I go out to eat, it feels like, oh my gosh, do they over salt everything? And then somebody else will take a bite of my food and say, that doesn't taste very salty to me. So I know that I'm, I'm very sensitive to it. Mm-hmm. So, um, what, when it comes to sodium then, um, how, who should cut back? Mm-hmm. You know
1: what, you you sort of took the words out of my mouth there, because I was just going to say, like, context is important. As with anything, context is important and relevant to the individual. Um, and this goes for both sugar and sodium, in that not everyone needs to cut back on sodium. Okay. In In fact, this morning, when I was teaching my sports nutrition class, we were talking about fluids and sodium and hydration, because one big group of individuals who actually thrive on sugar and added sodium, you know, and, and salt in their diet are gonna be athletes, okay, who may be losing a lot of salt in their sweat, who are losing a lot of salt in their sweat. For them, low sodium is not the way to go. Okay. And we can definitely so, so go back and expand on that. Um, but athletes are individuals who will thrive on sugar. A lot of sports supplements have added sugar in them and it's designed to be there for a purpose. Okay. It's designed mm-hmm. To help them train, to fuel, and as a source of carbohydrate for their training. Same thing with sugar. It's uh, so- salt. Sorry, you know, it is going to replenish sodium that they've lost. So that's a whole group that is is you know sort of not subject to the limitations on sugar and sodium that we hear about all the time. Who should be limiting salt are going to be individuals with high blood pressure, okay, or any sort of cardiovascular heart issues where. They may be salt sensitive and having too much salt in their diet causes them to retain more water and bump up their blood pressure. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a big group that, yes, absolutely, cutting back on sodium can help them manage their blood pressure much more effectively and not rely on an excessive medication load um, to manage it.
0: Yeah. And one of the ways that I cut back and I'm not even really a big sodium eater, but one of the ways that I cut back when I eat vegetables, that's the only time that I ever really like to put sodium on stuff. And now I put so much pepper on until I'm sneezing and can hardly breathe. And I know, okay, I've put enough spice on here that I think I'm going to be okay. But yes, those with high blood pressure, that type of thing. And and I was thinking earlier when you were talking about athletes, I was like, well, there you go. Just up your routine and physically do more exerting activities. And then you can have more sugar and salt. I (laughs) know. Yeah, it, it's sort of, you know, it's
1: like you can't definitely draw that conclusion, but they're a big group, you know, and, and I think sometimes active individuals forget that their needs are going to be very different, particularly the more active they are, you know, if they're like high level athletes, recreational athletes, that they have high energy demands. Okay, then then sugar and salt are, are definitely not the devil, okay? They are not going to be things that you should shy away from because sugar is actually a carbohydrate. Okay. It is going to be an important fuel for you. And so you are going to need to consume it. Okay. Whether it's a sport supplement or a, a, as other foods, it is going to be something that you need in your diet. Okay. Same thing with salt. So you should not shy away from it. And this is an, you know, a brilliant example of context. Okay. That all the messaging that we hear that we're subjected to is not relevant or appropriate for every single individual. Mm -hmm. Being a little bit more discerning about it is important to say, is this applicable to me based on what my needs are, what my goals are, and what my health status
0: is? right well and i think that's it, it it pays to pay attention just like we're we're constantly being taught to listen to our body we're in a society that thank goodness we're saying let's be more mindful let's pay attention to what we're paying attention to and yet we're constantly inundating people with information as if it's an either or proposition but let's just say that you came to me and you said angie i do need you to cut back on sodium and sugar <laughs> Can you give us some simple strategies like one at a time? What are some simple strategies if if our physician says I need you to have less sodium or you really gotta cut back? I mean, obviously the obvious one is hey, let's not buy the ding gongs.
1: Right, right. Yeah. And if you
0: you know, anything so let's
1: say you do need to cut back for whatever reason. It might be a health reason, okay, it might be um, for sugar and you know, it might be in the context of pursuing like a healthier weight, if you've been eating a lot of added sugar. One is, I would say, take stock of what you're eating, okay? Become more aware of your actual intake, that awareness goes a long way in making the first step towards making changes, okay? So whether that means writing down what you're eating, logging what you're eating, I mean, there are a million and one apps out there that you can log it, but, you know, take more awareness or become more aware and accountable to yourself more than anyone else of what you are eating and how frequently.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. Can I make a suggestion on that one? Mm -hmm. Curious about something? Because I feel like for a lot of people, because you're saying awareness is key, you kind of have to be aware of what you're eating. Mm -hmm. But for a lot of people, it's like, well, I'm aware of what I'm eating. I'm not necessarily what's in what I'm eating. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that occurs to me is, sometimes like there are some really, really good apps where you can put your food in and Mm -hmm. and it will tell you exactly the percentage of sodium and then it'll give you like dietary guidelines. And I feel like in this situation, one of those apps could be very useful for people who maybe aren't paying attention to labels or they are, but they're not even sure. It might say this has 20% sodium, but the average person might be like, well, is that a lot or a little? Okay, great, great question. Um,
1: so are you, are you asking the names of certain apps or like how to interpret some of that? No, or
0: do you think that's a good idea that people do that? Yeah, using well, apps?
1: I think apps are helpful from the perspective of enabling someone to collect data. Okay, I know that the concept of tracking your intake sounds horrible to a lot of people. They might as well, like, pluck their eyelashes, Um, you know, or or they would rather pluck their eyelashes rather than track their food intake. So so I get it. You know, you may not want to sit there on a food log and track every day. You don't have to track every day. Okay, use it as a data collection tool to get an assessment. For a couple of days, just to see, all right, what is you know the co- the quality of my diet? How much am I getting in for my nutrients, my fiber, my sodium, my added sugars, and see if this is within my needs or it's excessive. Okay, so treat it as a data collection tool. B, I think on food labels, nutrition labels, twenty percent typically signify, twenty percent or more, I should say, of your daily value typically sin- signifies a high number. Okay, so if something's got 20% of your added sugar, you know, of your daily value for added sugar, the, tw- the number 20% typically means that, okay, this is going to be high in added sugar compared to 5% or less, it's going to be low in it. Um, so the 520 rule is, is really that, is that if something's got 5% or less, it's low in that particular nutrient. And then if it's got 20% or more, it's high in that nutrient based on a 2000 calorie diet. Hmm the reason I say the 2,000 calorie diet is that not everyone needs 2,000 calories. Some people need a lot more, some people need a lot less. So again, we we go back to context in that for your individual needs, your health goals, your lifestyle, okay, that's where we want to look at to say, all right, should you be someone who, who needs to cut back on sugar based on your health, your lifestyle, and your activity? Or are you someone who's super active and No, it fits within the context of your needs and lifestyle and and you don't have any health issues. So
0: yeah, I like the the 520 rule, you know, 5% or less, probably pretty good. 20% (laughs) or more, hmm, probably not because you got to consider that's only one food and all the foods that you're eating that day. So imagine how that adds up. So, you know, we kind of covered a lot of my stuff that I wanted to ask you about sodium and sugar. Is there anything else that you feel like we didn't get to that you really want to say about sodium or sugar?
1: Um, You know, with sodium, I would say that I think it helps to also know what kind of foods are high in sodium. Um, Most of us, you know, are not necessarily adding that much sodium to, to our actual foods or to our cooking. I mean, some people certainly do because they may have like the taste for it, but a lot of times we get con- more concentrated amounts of sugar in things that are highly pa- you know packaged or processed in cans, boxes, uh, microwave meals. Okay. So it does help to look at the sh- salt content of those foods to say, well, how much sodium, okay. Because sodium is going to be a reflection of that is in these foods. That's where we tend to have a lot more. Okay. And soups are we buying that's contributing to all this sodium in my diet okay and you're right in that when we dine out a lot of times salt is a flavoring and it is going to be added to foods to help create that wonderful taste okay so we can add up in that way um and so you know again going back and looking at your diet and saying like well how much am i eating outside you know am i eating a lot of fast food am i eating a lot of processed food am i eating a lot of like microwave meals or box meals or canned stuff that is all contributing to the amount of sodium in my diet um is blood pressure an issue okay so these are all questions to ask when looking at your own intake and diet to say all right is sodium something i should be aware of and be monitoring or not
0: Well, and I like the idea when you said data collection, when you use an app, and also I think in terms of not just data collection, but I think in terms of feedback, Mm -hmm. what's my mind and my body telling me what's the feedback? Am I tired all the time, but yet I'm getting enough sleep? Am I edgy, but yet there's nothing really going on? And so I think feedback, we all are being taught more and more in this wellness society to pay attention to ourselves and the feedback from our body. And so being aware of, hey, is my blood pressure going up? What's the feedback from my physician? What's the feedback from my scale if that's important to me? What's the feedback from my measurements if that's important to me? However somebody values what is important to them as Mm -hmm. an individual. So, so Farah I really appreciate you coming on. And I know this is a big topic, talking about sugar and sodium in one 30 minute episode is like, well, gosh, there could be, there probably are hundreds of books written on each of them. Mm -hmm. But my goal was generally just that the listeners are saying, Hey, we don't have to demonize either one. And it is going to be a part of a natural, healthy diet, just what to look for and when. And so is there anything else that you kind of want to say before we close up shop on this topic? Yeah, I I love that you explained it like
1: that, um, that to not demonize it, but to be more aware of your own intake and to assess it in the context of your own goals and needs to say, is this adequate, appropriate, or excessive? Um, I think those are sort of the three things to sort of assess about your own diet when it comes to sugar and salt to say, all right, where do I fall? Okay. Because you're right. We should absolutely not demonize them. They are not things that we need to be afraid of. But I think assessing them in the context of our own health goals, you know, fitness goals, dietary goals is going to be a key takeaway to say, is this
0: appropriate?
1: You know, the the appropriateness of anything is always going to be a big question to ask, you know, yourself when it comes to your diet.
0: That makes a lot of sense. So thanks to all of you for listening to Strong Mind, Strong Body. I've been talking to Farah Khan. And before we go Farah, is there a way that they can reach you if they want to reach you for questions?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You can go on my website. It's www.fzknutrition.com. Um, you can you know, fill out a contact form there, or you can email me, farazrd at gmail.com always happy to answer questions. And, you know, even meet with people if they have particular health goals, um, fitness goals, you know, athletic goals,
0: and they want to go over their diet. So all right, well, and I've worked with you. So I'm testament to that. So thanks to all of you listening to Strong Mind, Strong Body. Again, I'm Angie Miller. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you'll reach out with questions or opportunities for different episodes that you'd be interested in, but have a good week and we'll see you next time.